Coming up this week, off-screen... Film stars appear reluctant to cop it in Liverpool. Aubrey Plaza takes a Californian holiday. Robert Pattinson has a good time. Kenny DeGleish is... Kenny. The darker side of animal conservation comes to light in Trophy. Garrett Hedlund is mudbound. And Kate Blanchett has a manifesto to share. All of us come and more off-screen. This is... This is Offscreen. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Cotter. I am Case Allen. Welcome back, Mr. Are you feeling Thank better you. after last week, by the uh, way? Yes, I, uh, I don't like the girl from The Exorcist this week, so that's a plus. That's true. That's, I didn't get I didn't good. get to physically see you. I only saw Cassie last week. So, but, uh, <laughs> well, that that yeah. would show you how ill I was. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think you were quarantined. I think it's actually what yeah, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> but uh, well, welcome back, nonetheless. Uh, Hi. It's, it's been a fun week cinematically, and yeah, uh, and, you know, just in the news. As in well. the news, yes, totally. Uh, so before you know the more film news, before box office top five reviews, uh, kick us off. Give me some news. What you got for me? What is the big thing that's happening this week? <sighs> Lucasfilm don't have a problem with Ryan Johnson. That's excellent. He's one of two directors they like. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? He's he's one of the directors they're not going to sack. Yeah. It's like, if you hear nothing about the director we're working with, it's going well. That, that's kind of the case, isn't it's it? It's kind of it, yeah. But um, it's apparently gone so well on The Last Jedi that he's got his own trilogy, which that, is amazing. That's Talk about giving you the house, my God. Yeah, so he's going to have... Um, he'll be uh, like overseeing and developing and writing. I think he's directing the first one of mm. uh, a uh, brand new uh, trilogy installment. Do, do you think these will replace the episodes? Do you think that's what... I, I think this is what it's going to be, yeah. 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 So, so after episode nine, After we'll episode get... nine, and we'll still get the the saga films or the, mm. the stories as they're being called the, the anthologies the anthologies anthologies we're still the getting anthologies. that Yoda movie that Yoda movie that Boba Fett movie the Jabba yeah. the Hutt movie it's totally happening Cantina Band yeah the movie yeah that's what I want I want the movie Rockstar with I, the Cantina Band I want like a live album of the Cantina <laughs> Band what I, want. I want this is Spinal Tap <laughs> with the Cantina <laughs> Band and they're just like look we keep showing up and they make us play the same song over and over yeah. again. It is, it's paying the bills, but it's driving me insane. Yeah, I've got no artistic integrity whatsoever. I've got no creative control. <laughs> I spend all I spend all of our residuals on drink. My children <laughs> yeah. won't speak to me, but at least I have this weird alien clarinet thing. Yeah. So <laughs> But I sold on my alien kids for. <laughs> yeah. Every now and again someone gets an arm hacked off. That's how it works. <laughs> that's, that's just your business. Like, <laughs> I feel like we need to make that movie. How yeah. is that not a YouTube-based Come on, film? Kathy Kennedy. Not like Troopers was. Like, how's that not one? There was a thing on uh, Funny or Die where they were, like, auditioning uh, existing musicians <laughs> to join the Cantina band. But, uh, Weird Al Yankovic was there, Ben Folds was there. Good God. It was it was really good. I have to look that up. It's worth checking out. I will. Um, yeah, so Ryan Johnson. So that says that says a lot to me about the quality of The Last Jedi, though. That, that yeah. says it must be good. I am excited. Those porgs must be amazing. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, those weird gerbil penguin things. <laughs> <laughs> gerbil penguins that's actually a good one I'd not thought of that one I saw the, I saw the full size toys recently so like a gerbil flightless like a penguin <laughs> like that yeah, yeah. Uh, well you saw, you saw the full toy I've not yeah. seen the, the full oh, I've, I've seen pictures of I them. want one so really? badly I love the porgs 
but I, 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 I'm a sucker for small, cute, furry animals. No, I, I'm, that's why you've got Lola as your pet. Yeah, as, that's as true. Your dog. That's why. Uh, no, I, I understand. But I saw, I saw a picture of one of the toys, mm. and its expression looked like it needed some medical assistance, <laughs> like fast. That's, have you seen yeah. the film posters that have been edited to have porgs in them? I've not seen that now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look those up. They're so good. They're like parody parody posters where they just photoshopped existing popular movie posters to include Porgs. The Shining one is my favourite. I actually forget the rest. But uh, so um first review? Should we do the first review of the week? Yeah, why not? Okay, let's talk about Paul McGuigan's new movie. McGuigan? McGigan? McGeegan. Hmm. He did uh the Frankenstein with Victor Frankenstein, didn't he? Paul McGeegan. Is it McGeegan? McGuigan? Uh, McGillicuddy, tomato, tomato, <laughs> let's call the whole thing uh, off. Our friend Paul. Okay. Uh, Paul. Paul M. Okay, so Paul M's latest is uh, Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool, which stars, uh, which is a true story, stars, well, it's based on a true story, stars Jamie Bell and uh, Annette Benning, and it's a story of uh, Gloria Graham and uh, her later years in which she began a relationship with um, a young, aspiring Liverpool-based actor, uh, Peter Turner, who played here by Bell. And it's, it's like a May to December kind of a romance tale meets did you ever see my week with marilyn yeah with uh ready Edmain. 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 yeah uh, Bray was in that Bray and uh, uh, michelle williams, michelle williams yeah. yeah i liked it it yeah. was really good similar kind of thing here yeah okay. um the actual guy was on the uh, bbc uh, breakfast news a couple of days ago i watched it it was very interesting uh, they are doing they are doing quite the press for this yeah. uh, this was a big hit at lff it's got a lot of buzz uh say so it's the story of their relationship how they got together the trials and tribulations they had in their years together and here's a clip hey you're the next door guy right which makes you the girl next door <laughs> hey have you seen the movie saturday night fever uh, yeah, I've seen it. Actually, I saw it three times. Oh, so you like disco dancing? Oh, God. Um, well, I like drunk dancing. Oh, so if I make you a drink, you come into my room and hustle with me? I need a partner for my dance class. I mean, if you fix me a drink, I'll come in and clean your bathroom. <laughs> He's definitely got that uh, that sort of regional lilted charm, hasn't he, old Jamie Bell? Yeah, it's... Uh... Point that off. I I like Jamie Bell. Uh, I really do. Um, and he does he does turn up in films, and he, he's always quite charming when he's in them. Uh, but I, I never really particularly think of him as, as I don't think of him as being a great actor. Um, I watched him in this. I came away and thought, actually, he's really terrific in this. Mm. He's really superb in this. So, though, is Annette Benning. I mean, she absolutely has the appeal and the star quality to genuinely make you believe she is Hollywood royalty. And Annette Benning is someone that goes away for long periods of time and then comes back with something quite impressive. And this is this is one of those cases. Um, there's a great supporting cast in there as well. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave turns up, uh, Julie Walters, Francis Barber, and my personal favourite, Stephen Graham turns up. Yeah. I love Stephen so Graham. Stephen Graham turns up as Jamie Bell's, I think he's meant to be his older brother, but he's got this, because it's obviously set in the 70s and it goes through to the 80s as well. Um, but he's got this sort of white guy's man perm kind of thing going on. And he looks weirdly like Dusty from uh, Dustin from uh, Stranger Things. But all grown up, uh, chubby and Liverpudlian. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, but he's he's uh, he, he manages to he finds the the fun and the sort of empathetic side at the same time. He does that quite well. But it is all about Jamie Bell. It is all about his relationship with uh, with uh, Annette Bening, and they are genuinely terrific in it. Um, I think it's co-written by McGeegan and uh, Matt Greenhague, and I I came away from it thinking this is genuinely terrific. I would stick to selling it as it's the May December answer to 
you know, my, my week with Marilyn. It is, though, a much, much better, much more successful film. In the way that that film kind of just felt like an impersonation. With yeah, it did. It did quite well, um, especially like awards wise. I think yeah. got quite a few like nominations. I'd, yeah. li- I'd like to see some some actual gold hardware for Annette Benning instead of just nominations. Well, you know <laughs> what? It's nominated like five times. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I think it's possible on the back of this. I do. I, I didn't realize it's going to be so tough. I know it's going to be very difficult. Yeah. I. I'm so excited to see Francis McDormand in uh, Three Billboards. We shall see. Um, I didn't realise as well, this is uh, produced by E.ON, uh, the Bond label, so everything mm. or nothing. Um, and so Barbara Broccoli is actually a producer on this. This is one of their rare sojourns outside of... Do you uh, think that's why that Jamie Bell Bond rumour came about? I think that's definitely that's why. Probably, that's probably what it that. was. Because obviously he has ties with Barbara Broccoli because of this. And uh, it, it's one of their rare one of their rare ventures outside of Bond. So, you know, it does happen periodically. This is one of those instances. And I can see why you would get this project, come across your desk and think, OK, I'm doing that. Because it has real charm and real charisma. And mm. I think Kenneth Cranham uh, has a really nice sort of sweet little role in it I, I just i was charmed by it quite early on and i and it, it held that charm for me all the way through and uh, also you know there's a really great moment in which uh, there's a great thing about seeing alien for the first time in it because obviously it's a period piece there is a moment in which they see alien for the first time at a <laughs> cinema and his jamie bell's response to it is just one of those great sort of historical movie gags mm. i think but uh, yeah i really nice. enjoyed it i am going to check it out you should you, I, I, you'd absolutely love it i think you'd you'd fall for it the same way i did you'd absolutely fall in love with this thing um should we plug the uh, podcasts and competitions for the week then yeah uh listen to it it's great and uh, the competitions are also good that's, yeah. me, that's, that's me plugging it that that works for me. Okay, yeah. so Acast, iTunes, TuneIn, Deezer, pick your podcast platform of preference. Uh, competitions. Oh, he's gone for different uh, alliteration. I have. Uh, onscreenfilm.com for the competitions. At the moment, there's uh, copies of the Benedict Cumberbatch movie, The Child in Time. Oh, was that the Beeb one? The BBC movie Beeb. with the missing, where his child goes missing. And I've not seen it yet. I've not seen it. I've, no. I heard it was pretty good. I Did I hear it? Right? I've not watched uh, Gunpowder yet. No, I've, I've missed Bonfire Night. No. Which sucks. Well, yeah, yeah, it's kind of ruined now. There's no point watching it. Might as well wait till next year. Wait till next year. <laughs> uh, until then, of course, go and enter some competitions. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. And we're back. So, Mr. Allen, are you ready for a good time? Uh, <laughs> no. Worst segue ever, No, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? On, on the basis of that segue, no, I am not, sir. <laughs> well, I can tell you with the, with the great, uh, with great enthusiasm, the film is far better than the segue I just made. Is. Oh, is this the Rob Pattinson Rob thing? Rob Pattinson thing. Yeah, apparently this is weird, and I really want to watch it. It is weird. Allow me to tell you about it. So, it is written and directed by the Safdie brothers. Safdie? Safdie? I can never remember. Let's say Safdie. Safdie. I think they're the Safdies. Okay. <laughs> so, are they uh, are Connecticut Safdies? I have no idea. So, there are, there's three of them. There's, uh, oh, so there's two of them, sorry. There's Benny and there's Josh. Okay. And uh, they, they've they written this. They star in it. Uh, well, Benny stars in it. Robert Pattinson is a sort of a street hustler type character. Connie Nikus. He has a, a learning a learning disabled younger brother, uh, made by Benny Safdie. Uh, Benny Saf- uh, Safdie. And um, basically, they, ha- they have robbed a bank. 
They go on, they go on the run. They are separated. Uh, Nick is immediately arrested and put in Rikers Island. And uh, Connie tries to sw- basically swindle his release. What he does is he takes his girlfriend, for instance, he tries to use her mother's credit cards to pay the bail and get him out. He discovers that his brother is actually has actually been hospitalised after an attack inside. And he decides he's going to actually break him out of the hospital where security is quite minimal. Only for, without going to spoiler territory, only to then sort of embark on this sort of Trojan War-style night of adventures. Did you see that Paul Walker movie where he, he was the guy who hid guns for the mob? And he went on this wacky... What was that called? Running Scared. You ever see that one? Yeah. Him and, uh, yeah. yeah. I remember that, actually, yeah. Great movie. Uh, Never watch it whilst under the influence, because it just plays as being deranged, which I did for the first time. Um, And I've I've never lived that movie down. It doesn't hold up to a rewatch. he goes on this night of adventures. There is some. There is a series of colourful characters. There is a soundtrack to rival Stranger Things, and there is a career-defining performance by Robert Pattinson. Here's a clip to set that tone. I say I gotta come clean with you about something. What? So I told you about my brother, yeah. I told you about the program he's forced to attend and how he shouldn't be there. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Do you understand that? No. Something happened. I don't know exactly what. My brother's been arrested. He's being held at Rikers Island. He could get killed in there. Sorry, I just have a client that walked in. We're good? When you get another 10 grand, your brother will get out. That music, eh? Yeah, I mean, it is. Nice. It is really something. It's uh, And it is all like that. It's uh, Daniel Lepartin. Um... But he's doing it under the name of his band. And I'm trying to look up the name of the band. They are uh, Oneatrix Point Never. They actually do a song, an actual theme song for the film as well, with Iggy Pop. And it's a really great track. I actually (laughs) want to go and buy that when I get home. I've kind of forgotten that. Um, It's very stylish. It's very stylized. It is... Like nothing you can really compare it to. It's one of those great films where you you can't really find a comparison point. Mm. I mean, I I just had to go to an obscure 2006 Paul Walker thriller to find the only thing I can find that bears any real resemblance to it. And I promise you, no one has seen Running Scared. I'm pretty sure even the late Paul Walker never saw Running Scared. Um, It is really impressive. It has genuine momentum. It goes random. It goes all over the shop, but it does it in a way that you never feel like it's a mess. Mm. It has, in a way, you know, like the, the the first half hour of Thor Ragnarok, where it just goes every which yeah. way but loose. It, it does whatever it wants yeah. for a bit. This has that. Um, it's not a film built on big name casting. The Arguably the biggest name in it after Pattinson is probably uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Barkhad Abdi turns up in it as well and gets some surprising laughs. He is the captain, after all. He is the captain. <laughs> but I, I, to be honest, I'd sort of written him off now. I thought, it's, it's been enough time now. I think Barkhad Abdi, that, that ship has kind of sailed, no pun intended. He was um, in uh, Blade Runner, wasn't he? Was he not? He did have yeah. a very, very brief role, didn't he? He's the, uh, the guy, like a, he ran like a little kiosk or something, didn't he? Yeah, Kagus to... Yeah, Kagus seemed like a yeah. little, like a, a barred off kiosk. I was kiosk. like, oh, look at that. Yeah, it's, it's the captain. Oh, look, it's a reminder of Barkhad Abdi in a role he presumably filmed three years ago. And, yeah... Those are the sort of biggest casting bits in there, but you don't need them. Uh, Benny Safdie is genuinely great in this. And Robert Pattinson, okay, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong, and I will apologise for every bad thing I have ever said about the male lead in Twilight. 
I, I will. He's genuinely brilliant here, and I have, I've seen his his efforts over the years outside of Twilight when he went and did uh, was it uh, Cosmopolis with Cosmopolis uh, and Cronenberg Cronenberg one, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, uh, was it Remember Me or the the one we did the, over nine eleven one? That's terrible. Yeah, that was awful. That was really bad. He, he has done some absolute stinkers. Is he on? Uh, um, what's the other Cronenberg one? Uh, Maps to the Stars is he in that? He does appear in that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But uh, I, no, I didn't think he was good in it though. Oh, do you think it was no. a good film? I thought it was. I thought it was. A a decent movie and I thought John Cusack was very good in it but um, no this is this is the Rock Patterson role this is the one we've been waiting for finally Rock Patterson has been made good I am happy with that I'm absolutely okay with that he's genuinely brilliant I'm sure he'll be thrilled I'm sure I, you know, Rob have a drink on me mate honestly you've earned it you've earned it I don't know how I'm going to give you the money for it but it, we're, good. we're good PayPal we're good PayPal send, send, yeah. send us your details yeah, yeah. send us your details hey, find me over them digits that email address <laughs> those sweet sweet digits yeah. are we, we go and make this happen <laughs> yeah because frankly he needs the money clearly yeah yeah yeah. He, yeah yeah I'm sure he's shorter Bob yeah. and I, I'm always seeing him with like a big scraggly beard ne- needs a shave he does I mean look at him he's a mess you know he's always wearing scruffy clothes needs a publicist yeah yeah. It does, totally, yeah. I mean, also, he's not starring in big films, is he? But, uh, anyway, so... Oh, that went from being, like, something qu- just a oh, bit, bit of jiving <laughs> to just, like, it's quite a nasty That's dick. He is doing one. He is doing a lot of those for-me-jobs, isn't he? Oh, oh, actually... Oh, like, the one for them, one for me. Rather, kind of, yeah, yeah, rather than the one for me, one for them system, he does seem to be a lot, a lot for <laughs> one him. One for me, one for me, more for me, all for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're chucking the occasional Michael Bay yeah. movie, you've got you've got uh, John Malkovich there. All for but, one and all for me. Yes, exactly. Ooh, Tim Curry line. What Tim Curry Tim line. Curry oh. <laughs> all for me. I just want to watch that film. <laughs> I that's my favourite version of Three Musketeers. It is my favourite version. It of Three is Musketeers as well. It reminds me of being a six-year-old boy at Christmas watching it. Ethos takes his drinking very seriously. (laughs) This was a gift from the Queen of America. (laughs) Hmm, Which one? Isn't that a kind of smelly cheese? (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie so much. If you've never seen the 1993 version of The Three Musketeers, with Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, and Oliver Platt as the Musketeers, do see it. Um, It was a very misguided attempt to replicate the success of Prince of Thieves. It really is, yeah. I would argue, kind of works better. I enjoy it. I enjoy it more than Prince. It definitely holds up better. It holds up better. Prince of Thieves is. I'm I'm kind of sick of seeing Prince of Thieves now. uh, (laughs) It was on like every Sunday on Channel Five for like a year. It it really was, wasn't it? Kind of like the song was in the charts every week, every Sunday for a year. Yeah. So no wonder we don't want more Robin Hood films. That's why we don't want more Brian Adams as well. (laughs) Oh, poor, poor Brian, poor Brian Adams. Uh, Okay. Do you mind if I just jump straight to the next review? Is that right? I just pretend like I'm not here, whatever. Step right over my grave. <laughs> okay, I want, I, I want to discuss this film with you because it's a really Go interesting on, one. Okay. Yeah, what is it? So the film is Trophy. It is I've a, not heard of it. Right, this is a documentary about the relationship between animal conservation and big game hunting. Right. And there's more of a link than you would think. It's I didn't know this story. Um, it revolves largely around John Hume and his somewhat radical uh, attempt to curtail, to both curtail hunting and to actually bolster conservation. What they've actually done is, in certain parts of South Africa, they have um, big, wide-open sort of... uh, 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 What's the term? Uh, Reserves. Reserves, that's it. They have big, wide-open reserves, lots of land, and what they do is they actually breed endangered animals. 
but they breed them under very specific conditions, whereby, for instance, the rhinos are, uh, they are every two years, the rhinos are hunted down by the staff of the, uh, of the reserve, shot with a tranquilizer gun, and then have their horns very graphically sawn off with a literally off-the-rack in B&Q hacks, uh, electric hacksaw. And we're then told by Hume... We do this because that rhino is of absolutely no temptation to a poacher. And if you, I'm sure if you could ask the rhino, the rhino would agree. He'd rather have this happen every two years, and, and that's the time it takes for the horn to regrow, yeah. than be hunted down by a poacher and killed. Mm-hmm. And you think, okay, logically, I can, I can see the academic argument. Yeah. Where this then goes is a step further, whereby they are breeding these animals and they keep a certain number of them reserved for the purposes of for hire big game hunters. So those American dentists, for instance, that always make the social media news, this is where they go. They go to the hunting conventions in Las Vegas, where anyone who's anyone in the, in the conservation slash hunting game goes, and they hire out their services. And they have a set tier of pricing... And the pricing is structured in such a way that it, it doesn't become a massive, you know, a draw. It doesn't mm. it doesn't become one of those big numbers games where you wind up with so many thousand tourists. So this then, like, basically unravels that yes. morality argument. That it, this said. is where the morality yeah. argument comes in. As we are told, they will charge you half a million dollars to hunt a lion. But they do it because they have bred 30 lions. And so that half a million. So why, like, how yeah. how do you choose which one? This is the yeah. argument. Oh, th- th- when you when you pay for the lion to hunt, you pick the specific animal. You pick and, the and, specific. And is that a factor to like how expensive it's going to be then? No, I think it's a flat rate. I that, think that's it's... a bigger lion, so yeah. that's an extra hundred grand. I, it should work that way. I don't think it does. But the well, argument, it shouldn't work at all. Cause I know, it's barbaric. But, but this, it is barbaric. <laughs> but the argument is, if they weren't offering this service, those same customers would, would just go, go and just and hire a, right. a local poacher, and they would go and they would indiscriminately kill lions. So the argument is, for the fate of the other twenty nine lions, is it ethically right to serve one of them up? Yeah. So needs of many yeah. kind of thing for us for a large enough amount of money that would actually sort of. Uh, forego any real supply and demand element. Right, we've got a clip. This kind of gets laid out for you. The Safari Club International Show is the largest hunting convention in the planet. Crocodiles are really mean. Besides that, I want a pair of boots. Poachers will shoot every last one because there's a commercial-driven desire. People are confused how hunting and conservation go together. You can just pick whatever animal you want from the menu that they offer you, see the price, and book the kill. Big cats at 21 and 22, sold! And that money will all go back into conservation. How much for that sucker? 35000 So, they do make their argument very solidly in this. Um, We're told, for instance, we're given statistics at different points throughout the film, and uh, one of the statistics we are told is because of this practice, there are now more more endangered predators, more predators who were formerly declared uh, endangered in South Africa than there were 100 years ago because of people like John Hume. So, you can argue on a results basis that they maybe are doing some good, but... It is graphic. It is brutal at times. There's some stuff in here I wish I hadn't seen. Mm. And I came away from it thinking, good God, that's every pub debate for the next three years covered. And yeah, it's very much a discussion-worthy film. It's something I, if you have any interest in discuss ever discussing animal conservation or big game hunting, 
either one, see this, and you will be very surprised at the link between the two. It's astounding to me. There were times I was genuinely just stunned by some of the things that came up in this movie. It was it was really something. It was a big hit at South by Southwest, apparently. But uh, given the sort of ethical, sort of hipster dimension to it, you can kind of imagine. <laughs> you can see why it would it would absolutely be probably because Good Time would have been gone down a storm at the same thing as well. Yeah, and now let's all sober up and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've had a good time with Good Time. Now here's the game hunting movie to sadden you all, and then afterwards we can uh, drink. And now let's watch a new Pixar film. <laughs> <laughs> now let's watch Coco <laughs> with the latest film news and reviews. This is Off Screen, the On Screen Radio Show, and we're back, Mister Allen. So, um, should we should we get Mudbound? I think that we should. Okay, so this is this is a Netflix movie. It's a Netflix OG. It's a Netflix OG, and yet it's going to cinemas. It's going into Curzon cinemas. Yeah, so this doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen in this country very often, anyway. I'm wondering if this is going to be a new thing. I have film news about this as well. If I, I'll just I'll drop in some very very brief film news. Um, so you know uh, the Irishman, yeah, uh, Mike Scorsese's next film. Mm-hmm. Yep, with uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and all the lads, and, and, and you know the set thespian that is Bobby Cannavale. He is a fest. Yeah, <laughs> he is a fest. I, I want that Mooch movie. Yes, <laughs> I know. Bobby Cannavale. Um, yeah, apparently that that is going to get a theatrical release, but it may just be like a day of, like. One off. This is going for at least a week. I mean, they could they could afford to do that, especially they if they're like could, yeah. And if if they want awards recognition, that's it. Yeah, it gets them it. qualification, do doesn't this. it? Yeah, yeah. But uh, this this is very much an Oscar sort of a Oscar baity sort of a film. Um, so this is set in the. It is set in well, basically during World War Two. It sort of takes place a little bit before and then a lot of it after. Um, it's uh, it's 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 directed by D. Rees, but it's actually written by Rees with uh, Virgil Williams. And uh, we've got an all-star cast in there. Jason Clark, who's never seen a piece of Oscar bait he doesn't like. Uh, Carrie Mulligan, who's never seen a piece of Oscar bait she didn't like. <laughs> What's Jason Clark being if it's Oscar Beatty? Zero Dark Thirty. I want to go about Oscar Beatty. Really? Yeah. I think, I think you take that on because it's Oscar Beatty. Um, okay. Uh, Garrett Headland, who has never met an Oscar Beatty film that would hire him. And <laughs> because he was doing his Indiana Jones impression. <laughs> in uh, in Pan, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Jonathan Banks. From uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah. Who's, and, who's amazing. Who's amazing. Yeah. He really is. And, of course, Sir Jason Mitchell from Straight Outta Compton. Is he? Right. So, arguably, Mitchell and Headland are the two central characters. But it's one of its very slow burn film that doesn't really sort of get to that bit of the story. I think for about 45 minutes. There's a lot of setup in there. And what you have is Jason Clark. He's married to uh, Carrie Mulligan. He moves them to... Uh, they buy a farm. They move out there. It's not a life he's known before. It's just something he's always wanted to do. And she, having not known that he wanted to do this, because he never really told her, um, sort of finds it difficult to acclimatised to life on this farm. There's also something of a, race, a, a racial uh, tension going on around the farm. There's a, a black family down the way who find themselves uh, greeted by hostility by Jason Clark's father, who's played by uh, Jason, uh, Jonathan Banks. And then Garrett Hedlund returns from war, as does the son of the black family, play, uh, played by Jason Mitchell. And they strike up a sort of an unlikely friendship that does not does not really jive with the uh, the the tensions of the of the region. We have a clip. How long have you been back from overseas? Oh, just a couple of weeks. 
Much obliged, Mr. Triple Banks. You give yourself a wonderful day. Take care. It's all right. It's just a car. It must have backfired. So the idea there is obviously they uh, they both come back with differing forms of PTSD or shell shock as it was mm. was back then, and it's something over which they bond, and it's actually quite uh, touchingly uh, del- uh, dove into. Um, I was I was really really taken in by it. I I do think it's a bit laboured. I think they have, for the sake of being quite Oscar baity, they have drawn it out. It's two and a quarter hours long, and I'll be really honest, you could lose a half hour from this, and it would even if you just took half an hour out of it of dead silence, it would pick up the pace of it an awful lot. Um, I don't think it's by any stretch of the imagination to its detriment that it is that length, though. I think it's just it's one of those things that makes it feel more Oscar baity than mm. it needs to. I think had you removed that, you still could have made the same argument, but you could also have made the argument that it was a bit more mainstream in terms of its pacing. Um, Garrett Headland on fine form it is nice to see that for a change because God knows he needed it. I mean, there's so many turkeys to this guy's name of late. You look at things like Pan and stuff like that. Yeah, um, but I, I think there's a lot that you kind of forget that he's in or that he's been really good in, like On the Road. Yeah, I was going to say, when he does those indie yeah, films like On the he's Road, great in he's great in yeah. them. And this is one of the great ones. Although, MVP trophy goes to Jason Mitchell. Well, he's amazing. He's so yeah. good in this. And, I mean, bear in mind, every time I see the guy, I just think, hey, he's the E. But, uh, and that just kind of shows you how good he was in Straight Out of Compton. But he's so good here. He's really got such and they 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 take his character into different terrain that you, you wouldn't quite expect and he he really does rise to the challenge and he gives it absolutely everything and it hits every mark uh, Jonathan Banks does bring something surprisingly impressive to the somewhat stock I'm the elderly racist guy kind of a role only without the sort of charm that uh, the, that the cheerfulness I'm just putting mm. in that meaning to um, but Jason Clark I think is a little bit underserved he's a bit thankless in there same really for Carrie Mulligan who's kind of going with us uh, I hate to say it a stock Carrie Mulligan role what is their relation to uh, to Garrett Headland again Garrett Headland is the younger brother of Jason Clark who owns oh, right. the farm when Garrett Headland comes back from war he just goes and lives with them right the farm is there. I think it becomes the family home yeah but uh, I say once they bring in the more racially charged elements of it the story does pick up ever so slightly in terms of pacing um, but I don't know I, I did quite like the more laboured PTSD stuff I kind of wish they had cut out a a lot of the dead silence. How was uh, Mary J. Blige? Uh, until you told me, I didn't even know it was Mary J. Blige. So you were like, she's great. Oh, she she's is. great. Don't she's she great. is? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who is this very talented actress? Oh, it's 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 the woman behind one or the cover of one. <laughs> yeah. No. Bono. <laughs> yeah. Bono. He's a very lovely woman. Um, very rich woman. But uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I think um, if you can see it on a big screen, do. It's, it's actually, it is something worth seeing. Although, you know, if you've got Netflix, you've got no excuse. You have to see it. So if you are a person with you yeah. know, some form of income. If you need a break from, uh, from Punisher, you know, this weekend... Because uh, that's the big superhero release, isn't it? Because that's the big superhero yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the no, nothing superhero else, thing. Nothing else is out on yeah. the 17th of November. No other important superhero thing is happening this week, except for The Punisher, yeah. which is huge. <laughs> we're actually not trying to dissuade you. Like We want to talk about other things that are coming out of that we, day. We do. We can't. We can't. We can't we, we, we've not been allowed to. Yeah, so, not, not uh, deemed worthy we're not, enough. Uh, we're not worthy, yeah, but not in a cool Wayne way. So, uh, Box Office Top 5? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do that. Number 5. 
I love that music. It's for, oh yeah, it's that guy music. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't is, it? isn't it? Yeah. I feel like if I'm ever in a room and I can't find someone, I want them to reveal themselves dun, dun, with that. Dun, 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 dun. We both liked Jigsaw, didn't we? Yeah, very much. Yeah, I was it was everything though. I needed it to be. Well, that's it. I wasn't expecting anything to reinvent the genre. I thought I just want a Saw revival that lives up to sort of the fun of the Saw sequels. Yeah, have some have some twists, reference past films. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's all you need. I'm good with that. I'm absolutely good with that. And I, for me, it delivered. It absolutely did. So, um, did our, our tweeter of the week uh, agree with us? Yeah, um, at Mel's. Uh, it says uh, go see hashtag Jigsaw movie if you haven't already. It's brilliant. And then a love heart. Number four. Bad Mum's Christmas. I thought it sucked. So did I. I've not seen it. I can <laughs> tell you right now, I'm not going to like it. Well, I mean, doing that, it's, it's comparative sucking because I did think the first one was surprisingly funny and I did enjoy it. And uh, and I didn't laugh once in this. I sort of had a few <laughs> moments, but uh, I didn't laugh. And yeah, I became one of those people who you have conversation with who go, that's so funny. But they don't actually laugh. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, that's how I felt in this movie. Like, that's a joke. Yeah, that, I can, that's funny. I can see where the mirth yeah. is made. I, I, <laughs> I can detect your mirth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, have a, I sense the mirth <laughs> on you. <laughs> yes, I, I absolutely yeah. felt like that. However, I have forgotten how to laugh. Pretty much. I think by the end of this film, I've forgotten to laugh too. What's our tweet to have to say on the matter? Um, at Jake Fruit. Hashtag Bad Mum's Christmas is the whole. This is so. This is a person's had a lobotomy. Okay, we should just preface this. Uh, is the holiday movie we need and deserve right now, like Batman. Uh, I cackled until I almost peed myself because we can't use that word that this Jake has said. What, yeah. what? What an absolute potty mouth on this Jake character. I know. Uh, give me a sequel with Baranski, Sarandon, and Hines right now. Three exclamation marks. An, an excessive use of exclamation marks. Number three. Have you seen the Jack Black thing on Instagram uh, about this? Well, no, no. About, about that song. Because <laughs> that song famously is used uh, in School of Rock. Yeah. So, oh, it is, isn't it? Yes, yes yeah, it is. So on Instagram, he essentially challenges Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth about this and was like we did it first and like challenges them to like a lip sync off essentially yeah. it's really good you should uh, you should check it out I'm just gonna put it out there I mean I will but I'm just gonna put it out there as well I think I'd rather see Thor Ragnarok again before I ever see School of Rock again School of Rock's a great film School of Rock's pretty good it ain't no Thor Ragnarok though cello you got a bass and I, I say that given that I have now seen Thor Ragnarok a whopping four times have you actually I have not intentionally it's just I keep you just fell into the cinema I keep hanging out with friends near cinemas and they're like hey what are you doing now? let's go see Thor I'm like uh, okay cool it's a pretty good uh, way to spend two hours I've only seen it one time I need to see it I again I loved it and I saw it on actually John Colson and Kelly and I went for breakfast on Saturday morning and, and then well, we were across in the cinema anyway we thought hey let's go see Thor Ragnarok because he hadn't seen it, and I had promised him I would see it with him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we did, and it was a lot of fun, and uh, revels were shared. And, <laughs> and there were revels. Yes, revels. Yeah. Revels. <laughs> but I was a big fan of it. Uh, it holds up to repeat viewings, it really does. And, I want to uh, see it again. Yeah, it is so much fun, isn't it? It, it really is. Yeah. It has that so much fun. There's been so many memorable moments. Yeah in it for me but I feel like I've in a way, I've, I've not I've not needed to see it again oh, pat like, on the back yeah well, 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 well done yeah so, so I've gone Twitter at Chris Keen says oh they've, they've they've added someone on their on their tweet okay this is a first okay so this at Chris Keen has said at Laughing Trendy some kind of Twitter profile I assume okay 
I loved Thor Ragnarok. Easily the best in the franchise and easily the best film I've seen in the last 20 years. Bold claim. Very bold. This yeah. is someone who hasn't seen Snowpiercer. Well, it wasn't in a cinema, was it? How's he going to see it? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Seen it three times and planning a fourth. So he's trying to uh, try and catch up with you there, Dan. Fair play. Number two. Murder on the Orient Express. I have not seen it. Have you not? Nope. Neither have I, actually. Neither have I. Oh. Well, you know, I, I was going to watch it, but, you know, life makes other plans. Well, the screening was subject to filmmaker approval. Uh, and Kenneth Branagh twirled his moustache and said, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one of those things. I don't have the... I, I'm not giving up my personal time and money to go and see... A, you a you know of. who who killed whoever? Yeah, it was Derek Jacoby. Yeah? Yeah, totally. Is that actually because I generally no, don't know? it's not. <laughs> you say that every time. <laughs> I would not trust Jacoby anyway. You would never trust Jacoby in Sa- anything. Simon Callow. I would trust Simon Callow. You, I would not trust. You trust Simon Callow. I'd trust Simon Callow with my life. So you're, you know, you're holding your baby, and the, the pram accidentally rolls down yeah. the street. Who do you give the baby to? To you know, to, while you run and get the pram. Do you, if the only person there is Derek Jacoby, would you let Derek Jacoby hold the baby? You're really considering this. I can tell. No, I would check that Callow's not having a heart attack. I'll have four weddings and funeral. Yeah. Get him in there and catch a baby. <laughs> Probably recite some Shakespeare whilst he's doing it. Has anyone on Twitter seen this? Though? I have to imagine. Yeah, they have. Um, at Simon Callow. <laughs> Good God. Uh, at, uh, I'm not in this movie. It sucks. <laughs> hashtag Fest Life. <laughs> Uh, at uh, Cody Rivera. Uh, oh, good name. That is good. Cody Rivera. Yeah. Uh, just saw uh, Murder on the Owens Express. Didn't care for it. Too much Gilderoy Lockhart with a moustache. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Paddington 2. I loved Paddington 2. Generally one of the best ones the same as you. Uh, you've seen it? Of course. Yeah, Excellent. We, yeah, oh, okay. we saw it on opening day. Oh, fantastic. There was no way we were not going to watch it. I, lo- I love that is, even um... deathly ill, you still made the effort to go and see Paddington. That's <laughs> yeah. phenomenal. Uh, oh. I went and uh, I, I had some Jaffa cakes as well, because it was <laughs> it's the only like orangey thing. Yeah, you could, like, like you know marmalade, I mean? technically. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 had my, I had marmalade sandwiches on the way into Paddington 2 nice, as well. Nice, yeah. Uh, actually, actually, cut in the shape of the number two. I can't but, stop saying... Uh, uh, marmalade the way that Brendan Gleeson says it yeah how does he do it again marmalade <laughs> I love him in that movie he's so it's good incredible it's so much fun though and it's fun on a level that like, so obviously I don't have kids and I even if you know even if I weren't going to a pressure I would have gone on my own and seen this yeah and I would have felt completely in the right doing it and coming out I would have thought yes I had a good time and I just it's so charming and so lovely yeah, and, and hilarious and hilarious and I've got to ask did you find yourself welling up a bit at the end of course I did I, I did yeah. as well I'm like oh my god please don't break please don't break please yeah don't there, break. Are, there are some moments like yeah. right at the end where it's I know just, yeah. and you know where it's going oh yeah you know, yeah, you going, know, you know but... beat for beat but it's fun yeah. and Hugh Grant is such a brilliantly mincing villain and such good casting Phoenix Buchanan Phoenix Buchanan and I just love how Ben Whishaw, who is so perfectly cast, says the name Mr. Buchanan. Yeah. But, oh, God. <laughs> that was going to be Colin Firth at one, I one know. time. I, I'm, I'm so glad it isn't. I'm, yeah. I'm glad it's I think, glad I think by like his own admission as well, that, yeah. is, that is good. Did you love all the Grand Budapest visual nods? I, I did. I don't know if they were like straight for Grand Budapest, but. It felt it though, didn't it? It, it did feel very I much like it. I had to imagine it was It's, it's for pastel colours and yeah. it's just the symmetrical view of everything and uh, uh, pretty much everything in the prison just had me laughing I loved Sir Jeffrey Wilcott I hope I can count on your voice no (laughs) vote (laughs) it's all the little like in jokes as well there's someone reading a newspaper in the prison yeah and the newspaper is called The Hard Times 
love it. That's amazing. It's been little details like that. I know. It's, it's, like, oh, it's an almost Ardman level of detail, yeah. isn't it? Which I, I really love. So, uh, you got a tweet for us? Yeah. Uh, at Sarah Wood mm-hmm. says, I would highly recommend hashtag Paddington 2. Bear emoji. Very, very funny. And definitely an adult film for grown-ups. I have an issue with that tweet. Yeah. With the grammar of it and some of the wording, but... She also likes Paddington 2, so you're okay with me, Sarah. You're right with me. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen. The On Screen Radio Show. And we're back for what Vin Diesel will call one last ride. So, <laughs> one last trilogy of films. For family. I got family. I got a multi-million dollar film franchise. Exactly. So you want to give me a last piece of film news for our radio listeners? Yeah. So Tom Cruise might be in a Quentin Tarantino film. Oh, good God. So the mummy must have really hit him up hard then. Yeah. Uh, well, I imagine it was a knock to his box office credibility. I don't know. He's, he's been known to work with authors and stuff. He's, he worked with Paul Thomas Anderson. He used to be really it, daring, it happen, didn't he? It does happen. It's just it's not happened for a long time, and it'd be amazing if it does happen. I could so, definitely see that. Around the millennium, Tom Cruise was very daring with like who he would and wouldn't work with. Yeah. But, Next uh, film with Cameron Crowe. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's the last few years he's gotten quite formulaic, I think. But Yeah. I think it's, it's more just, he's still just clinging on to him as a name. Well, and yeah, he, but I mean, it's, it's also whoever Zenu tells him to work with, but... Uh, that, you got to listen to that, that Zenu. <laughs> oh, what's that? You're a first-time filmmaker. What's your Thetan level? Eh? Yeah, that's how it works. Scientology. Scientology. Scientology, everyone. Yeah. Scientology. They keep accosting me outside Oxford Circus. Every, Tom, what, Tom Cruise and his cronies? Scientologists outside <laughs> Oxford Circus on a Monday morning. It's, I don't mean they're like singling me out or anything. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's like a whatever the Scientologist version of a fatwa is or anything like that. I just mean they just happen to have like you've, you've been watching Kerb, haven't I you? Have, yeah. yeah. I just I just mean there happens to be like two Scientologists with like pamphlets hanging around outside Oxford Circus. Have you just been morning? like like beating the hands with a pamphlet? And one of them's got a coin, and one's got a flick knife. <laughs> exactly. That's totally how it works. And so, for Quentin Tarantino film, which everyone thought was about Manson uh, Charles Manson, yeah, yeah, about Charles Manson and the Manson family murders. Yeah, it's not directly. It's not okay. About, like he's going to be in it. Yeah. But he said it's about 1969. Okay, so it's always the culture around. It's going to be the culture around it, and he's just going to be a part. He's not like the focus. So it's kind of like uh, was it Summer of Sam? Yes, kind same of like kind of how thing. that did. God, that. I forget about that film. That's a Johnny Legs, film. yo. Johnny Legs, Adrian Brody. I know. Yeah, God, it's, what a movie! It's a spitely joint. It is. Yeah. Well, Doesn't forget. Tarantino have something similar? Like a, a, a term like that for his films. Does he? I'm not sure. I'm sure he, he did. He just says, like, the sixth film by Quentin Tarantino. Something the, like that, yeah. The eighth film, yeah. Unfilmed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, the news for this thing is, we don't know who's going to be releasing it. Ah, uh, it is up yeah, in the air, yeah. It's up in the air. So it's, uh, it's either Warner Brothers, Sony, or Paramount's. Ain't going to be no Weinsteins. Yeah, but I know a big part of why he's up in the air about it is because he had a very hard time with uh, Hateful Eight because he tried to take on Star Wars. That is a good point, yeah. Well, oh, I he, forgot about that. Yeah. He got very annoyed, if you remember, in the press about Star Wars having the uh, 70mm screens. Yes. And tried to, because apparently he had deals in place and Star Wars came along and yeah, their deals were really yeah. ironclad and he got very annoyed about it and tried to take on Star Wars. Mm, I remember so. not watching, I was sent a screener for it. I uh, Yeah, I, I did not watch it in the cinema. I wish I did, because I, I think that's a really stunning film. Really, like, Hateful Eight. Visually stunning, yeah. Yeah, well. And, and just story-wise, I, re- I do really like it. I enjoy it. I never got seen in 70mm, and I kind of wish I had. Yeah, but, same. Uh, 
Yeah. I, I do look forward to this. Can and I make the effort with this one to go and see it in 70 million? Well, it might have Margot Robbie. It might have Brad Pitt. It might have Leonardo DiCaprio. I know. It might have Jennifer Lawrence. This, like, I can't wait for that, like, announcement where we just everyone there. Yeah, I could go with that. Month of Manson. Total title. There I am. Month of Manson. He's not going to call no. it. No, okay, no. never mind. Never mind. You just want, like, a summer of sound title. <laughs> I do. I want, I want title. Okay, um, let me talk, then, about our final uh, review for our radio listeners. If you want more, by the way, go on the podcast edition. Uh, we've got Kenny and Manifesto to discuss on the podcast. Mm. Uh, but, for radio listeners, we're going to end with Ingrid Goes West, starring Miss Aubrey Plaza, who I think we all know that uh, I'm a fan of. You're a fan as well, I believe. I really am. Okay, so this film opens with uh, Ingrid, played by uh, Aubrey Plaza, a mentally uh, mentally unstable young woman, uh, flicking through Instagram in tears on her phone, looking at a, clearly a girl she knows uh, getting married. Literally live pictures from her wedding on Instagram as they're happening. The next thing we know, she turns up at the wedding, screams obscenities at her for not being invited, and uh, and throws things at her in her wedding dress and ruins the wedding. Things. Yeah. Uh, she's then hospitalised. Sometime later, she is released. Her mother, her only friend, has actually died. She's on her own for the first time. She's got an inheritance from her mum. And it soon transpires that what she actually does is she has a, a habit, a repetition, a cycle of fixating on someone on Instagram... And then inserting herself into their lives and be- and using them as her obsession, mm. sort of like a nineties uh, schlocky adult thriller. But yeah, this is kind of like the fan. Yeah, kind of like that. A little yeah. bit like that. A little bit like uh, Pacific Heights, that kind of thing. Um, she oh, then- we love a nineties schlocky thriller. I know, I, I do. She <laughs> then discovers. Um, she then discovers a sort of an Instagram celebrity played by Elizabeth Olsen, and she again inserts herself into a life but this time has to move to the other side of the country hence goes west inserts herself into a life invents a whole backstory for herself and basically becomes part of this hip cool insta for insta family as it were you know mingling with models and going to art gallery exhibits but of course this is all built on a lie on ingrid's part but the question quickly becomes is it any less of a lie than the lives these people are actually living anyway do you know whenever you use uh, insta as a prefix for any word yeah i feel 10 years older yeah yeah you should because i felt about 50 years older watching this uh in the meanwhile you have ingrid's uh, landlord played by o'shea jackson jr who is an aspiring screenwriter who wants to write the next batman movie ice cubelet Ice cubelet. Um, ice droplet? Ice droplets. Ice, ice droplet, yeah. Um, who she basically enlists as her fake boyfriend. We have a clip. A couple of ground rules, okay? Okay. I need you to tell everyone that you're my boyfriend. It's a long story, but I just need you to no, 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 say no, 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 that I did everyone. It. I see that you dig me. I dig you. I'll be your boyfriend. Okay. I'll be your boyfriend. Okay, whatever. Um, and also, no Batman talk. What am I supposed to talk about? I don't know these people. Something cool, like... Food or clothes or Joan Didion. Okay. Talk about comic books or anything. Oh, these people don't care about stuff like that. Anything else? You know, just yes. Like... Whatever you do, just stay away from Nikki. Who's Nikki? Nikki is Taylor's brother, and he's a liar and a drug addict, and he's just not to be trusted. Okay. Oh God! What's up? Hey. Who's that? So of course, uh, the devious brother that she's talking about is Billy Magnuson, who is sort of an egocentric. Uh, con artist of sorts he's and he's, he's very quickly suspicious of her and you can kind of see where that's going to go to be honest um, this is a really impressive effort it does it's, it's incredibly satirical 
Really, really satirical. It is as if the mandate was, let's do the 90s adult stalker thriller for millennials, but let's double down on the satire. Mm. And let's really go after social media, specifically Instagram, and let's go after the things that that naturally brings with it. And it does a fantastic job of sending it up. There's a line at one point, if you've got no one to share share these things with, what is the point of life? And it's a really profound message at the heart of this, and it really works, and it works in large part because Aubrey Plaza is so good in it. It's the perfect vehicle for the Aubrey Plaza routine. You know, the the character that Aubrey Plaza always plays, that kind of monotone, kind of baseline performance. But when applied to someone who actually has serious stability issues... It really works, and it's really something. I I would love to see the the serious R-rated exploitation picture version of this. Again, with Aubrey Plaza, I, I kind of found, found myself hoping at one point, I hope this just gets to the stage where she starts offing people, and it becomes that kind of film. It doesn't. It's not a uh, S. Craig Zahler movie, sadly. Yeah, it'll all be yeah. like Spring Breakers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, if S. Craig Zahler had done this, or Harmony Corinne, this would have involved a lot of murders in the in the final act. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Wyatt Russell, I quite liked him in there as well. Wyatt Russell's in this. Wyatt Russell's in Wyatt there. Russell. Um, yeah, Wyatt Russell, I really liked I really liked Elizabeth Olsen. It had real charm. I think it's a film that works for the actual its actual subject, works for millennials. But I think if you're you know, slightly older, because I'd say we're on the upper end of millennials, I would say. Oh, speak for yourself. I, I feel older. <laughs> I am younger. I feel older. I know realistically we're millennials, but we are on the upper echelon of it. And it still it works for us, and I think it would work for someone slightly older as well. Mm. And I've spoken to other older critics who have seen it, and they've, in some of them, have actually loved it. Some yeah. have hated it with a fiery passion, but uh, to them I say poo to you with knobs on, sir. Yeah, I mean, some people like Coldplay. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Can't trust people. Yeah, well, yeah, pe- people like Coldplay and voted for Hitler. You know, you can't, yeah, trust, can't people. trust people. Can't trust people, Jeremy. <laughs> right. Um, so, film of the week. I am absolutely, hands down, unequivocally giving it to Ingrid Goes West. Although I want to put it out there, Trophy is something you absolutely must see. Mudbound is very good. And Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool is totally worth your time. So, basically, all, all good films. Yeah, everything. All good films. Yeah, good. everything we've reviewed in the radio this week is, is good. Yeah, pocket extras. Not yeah. so good. No, no, not, not so good. Not so good. Not so good. No. So uh, let's see. What have we got next week? Just flip over the page here. Next we week. have got Lost in Paris. We have. We've got Lost in Paris. Um, you know, you've got a list. Give us some. All right. Uh, we've got uh, Battle of the Sexes. You're looking forward to that, aren't you? I really am. Of course you are. Uh, Steve Carell, Emma Stone. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, Sarah Silverman. Is she in that? She's in that. that. She is Emma Stone's manager in the film. Interesting. Billie Jean King's manager. Billie Jean King's manager. Uh, Oh, and your lady, Ms. Riseborough. I do. Oh, man. She's the love interest. She's Billie Jean King's love interest. Ah, yes, she is. There you go. I do want to talk about it now. Anyway, (laughs) uh, Daddy's Home, the second. Ah, with uh, Sir Mel of the Gibsons. Uh, Melina Gibson Mm -hmm. and uh, John Lithgow. Yep. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I, more John I? Cena is never a, never a bad thing. That's it. Yeah, apparently yeah. he's going to be in the film a lot more. Yeah, uh, a film called uh, Beach Rats. Beach Rats, which is a uh, it's a gay coming of age story. Oh. It's uh, Peccadillo Pictures' latest release. It does look really interesting. Cool. Uh, Starve Crow, which seems to be like a social. I, I, I've not watched it. It seems to be like a social media thriller. Ooh, kind of a thing. It looks like that. It is overrated. It's called yeah. hashtag staff grow in some places. Hashtag staff. Well, I'm going to go with that now. Okay. That. There you go. That's fair. Uh, the star was uh, the animated film. Isn't animated animated nativity, nativity with animals. Looking forward to that. Totes. Definitely seeing it. I'm in. Totes, mate. Yeah. Uh, Jane. It's a documentary about Jane Goodall. Uh, uh, 
eight Sigourney lady. Weavers need nice. not apply. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Suburbicon with ah. the Matty Damons, with the Oscar Isaacs, with the Julianne Moores, directed by the George Clooney's. Directed by the George Clooney's, yes. Yeah. So it's the Coen Brothers movie that's not directed by the Coen Brothers. Was written, or at least Coen It was, it was uh, half of the writing... Of the four writers, half of them are Coens. But it's, it's very Cohen. Cohen. It is Cohen-y. very Cohen. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll talk more about it next week because there is a whole discussion on the writing of that film to be had. Uh, so yeah, so we've got all those to come and more next week off screen. Don't forget in the meanwhile, you can win copies of The Child in Time uh, on onscreenfilm.com in the competition section. Check out podcast edition for more fun and games, more news, more reviews, more Nicolas Cage. And uh, well, that's it from us in the meanwhile. So this has been the Candy Store Pusher for On Screen. I've been Bangkok. I've been Ingrid going west and we'll be back just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way you've been listening to Offscreen for more news and reviews visit onscreenfilm.com so Joe Carnahan I really like I like Joe Carnahan as well. Why, he's not been accused of some sort of sexual misconduct, has he? Because... No. Do you, know, do you know what my favourite thing I've seen this week on the internet is? On the internet? No, yeah, I don't in fact, know. It's, it's, it's two things that are quite similar. Because obviously, all that nastiness has been coming out, and it sucks, and it's horrible. So, there was a thing about Tom Hanks that I saw. Hmm. And uh, it oh. said several women come forward to accuse Tom Hanks of being nice. Yes, yes, yeah. I saw and that. And there was another saying, a uh, woman says that Keanu Reeves has taken her out on a nice date. <laughs> Absolutely believe that. Yes. Uh, I think, I, you know, I like to think that Keanu Reeves is too tragic a figure to ever do anything, anything bad, so... He's lived a life, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. But Although, he's, he's also been blessed with being Keanu Reeves. And, yeah, I mean, you've got to be John Wick. I mean, you don't yeah. you don't look look down on that. It's good, um, uh, good bass player as well. There's a, uh, there's a meme uh, taken from an episode of The Daily Show this past week with Trevor Noah in which he said, I've reached the stage where every time I see a celebrity's name on Twitter, my immediate mm. first thought is, please be dead, please be dead. Yeah, uh, and he, yeah he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not at all. I'm, I'm fast reaching that stage now yeah. where I, every time I hear a celebrity's name, I'm like, please let them have died mm. because I don't want to have to live with knowing that... Yeah. I don't know, Bruce Campbell is a child molester or something like that. But there was one day I was on, I forget which website I was on, but it was, it had a story about Jeremy Piven. And then oh, underneath God. it was a story about Jeffrey Tambor. And then underneath it, <laughs> no. it was someone else. And then um, it's it's not just uh, film stars as well. It's like, there's musicians. It's the guy from Brand New is being accused of stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. Mad. The Jeremy Piven one. Um, I because I hadn't caught the Jeremy Piven accusations. All right, and then Jeremy Piven's name turned up on Twitter. And I was like, "Please be dead! Please be dead! Please be dead!" <laughs> Open the link. I was in, I was in the room with a friend of mine at the time, and I, I opened the link. I'm like, "Oh, it's okay. His new TV show just sucks. That's all the article is." Yeah. Twelve it. hours later, the accusations came, came out. out. But, yeah. uh, although that new TV show his really is terrible. What is that? Is he still doing uh, Mr. Selfridge? No, no, that finished. Is that finished? That's, that's that, reached its that was pretty popular, wasn't it? It was. It's huge in this country. It's it's not quite caught on Downton level in the US, but it's pop- yeah. it's pretty popular with the same kind of crowd. Same crowd. His new show is called Wisdom of the Crowd, and he what's plays the, what's the premise? Right, he plays a Steve Jobs type character who has like pioneered internet uh, crowdsourcing, and then his daughter is murdered, and the wrong, uh, a man is wrongfully imprisoned. So he invents a new platform called Sophie that actually... Named after his daughter? No, no, no. no. Is it an acronym? It's, it's an acronym for right. something, I forget what. And basically, he and Natalie Tanner run this this new platform, Sophie. Natalie which, Tanner, not Natalie Fiverr. Not Natalie Fiverr. Yeah. And basically, they outsource crime solving. They crowdsource crime solving. 
It's deranged. It is the dumbest thing I have seen in years. It's CSI cyber bad. So Jamie Piven invents own police. It, it, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. He he, he invents Kickstarter police. That's, that's, that's basically his. That's basically it. I, I want to watch at least one episode. I binged them. Yeah. I watched seven of these in two days. I was just, I couldn't stop. I'm like, this is terrible, but I need to see where it goes. This is what happens when you're not, when you just don't have a regular nine to five. You need that to save yourself from watching this utter gump. Well, this is the thing. Because during the week I work from home, yeah. I have the TV on in the background all day long. And most of the time I just have like now TV on because it keeps Lola distracted. Mm. Kind of like. um, but yeah, every now and again I think like, okay, well, I'm going to get an email in like 40 minutes. I've got you know, nothing to do for them. So, you know, I'll just stick to like a half hour thing on. But that kind of thing does come in handy. But it's so awful I just can't look away. It's kind of like the Inhumans. But that's just the completest in me. We started in humans. Oh, good God. Uh, you poor bugger. We got uh, 14 minutes into it. <laughs> which I feel, I feel like that's better than I could have could have hoped. I actually, I, I started to watch it first. Yeah. Uh, I watched it earlier in the day. And then when my housemate and my wife came back home, mm. I was like, so you've both got to watch this. This then, is awful. Yeah. By the way, they, there's they a agree. terribly animated computer, uh, massive dog in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can't watch it, my Lola goes nuts at the terribly animated massive dog. Did we even get to Lockjaw? I can't remember if we even saw Lockjaw oh, or not. God. Apparently Lockjaw as a character is the only thing that really works. Well, he's got his own comic series now. so Based go, on the popularity of this. Yeah, go yeah. figure. But, wow, we just really went on a tangent about How did we go from Joe Cannon to this? Yes, what's Joe Cannon doing? Let's go Sorry, back. Okay, Let's what's go Joe Cannon doing? Yeah. Uh, he has got another film because Men, Men in Black 3. <laughs> Men in Black 3? I want to see Joe Carlin's version of Men in Black oh, 3. No, it's... Oh, good uh, God. It's, it's another of the Will Smith franchises. Uh, Bad Boy uh, 3. He dropped out of that, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Which sucks. I feel like if anyone was going to do it, he would have been a really great choice. Aren't they doing a TV spin-off now? Yeah, and it's going to... Um, bad. I want to say it's going to be Bad Girls, although that title's already been taken for a TV series. Uh, it's Gabrielle Union, who is... She's in the second one? Yeah, she is uh, Sydney... Is she Martin Lawrence's sister? Sydney Burnett, yeah, she's Martin Lawrence's sister. Yeah, and she has slash the thing Will with Smith's, Will yeah. Smith's... Yeah. Yeah, slash Will Smith's love interest. Yeah. yeah, although they did that in the first movie, it never went anywhere, so yeah. what the odds that she's still around? But uh, Maybe, yeah, but yeah. She, she was supposed to be in the in a spin-off TV show. But yeah, he, he dropped out of the film, hmm. uh, Bad Boys 3, and, and he's got another film that's going to have Frank Grillo, yeah. which is pretty nice, because he's, he's literally just done a film with Frank Grillo. It, it, well, he I've and Frank Grillo it. have a company together now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, called, yeah. I, they've, they've got a film called Wheelman, which is on Netflix now. That's one of them. Yeah, they've they've got like a development thing for minority films, and I think Wheelman is one of the first ones. Ah, but that's uh, pretty cool. Might have to uh, check out and see if they've got more things. Maybe this is coming out on the same one. But uh, this film is called uh, Boss Level. Yeah, it's got Frank Grillo. It's a good title. Yeah, that's well, a good title. Wait to hear who else is in it. Okay, go on. And Mel Gibson. Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's a pretty good. Yeah, uh, that's pretty I mean, good I like that. I mean. Yeah, but um, it looks like it's a bit of a Groundhog Day kind of a situation. I'm oh, down for that. Well, boss level denotes a sort of video game sensibility, doesn't it? And it does, yeah. Kind so of that makes sense. That's essentially what it's going to be. Gibson's going to be like the mentor slash villain kind of oh. guy. I like it. Apparently we're getting yeah, a Rampage I'm, I'm trailer, by the way, any day now. It will make sense. Uh, we had some pictures the other day. Hmm. So we've got that to look forward to. I think that's going to be all right. yeah. I loved San Andreas. I know, me too. Kind of ironically, and also kind of not ironically as well. <laughs> Who are we going to call? Everybody. <laughs> what do we do now? We rebuild. 
I really just want the sequel to be like, you know, Dwayne Johnson building a brick wall. You know, just, I kind of just want <laughs> what, that. Just, just at his house. <laughs> just like at his house. He's building, he's rebuilding his house, and then, a, a, you know, it's aftershocks, kind of just knock it down a couple of times. Mm. And that's the, that's the narrative tension in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Can he rebuild this wall before the aftershocks take it down again? But uh, Can he rebuild it? Yes, he can. <laughs> exactly. Dwayne the Builder. Um, what else so, have we got? Um... Sam Mendes was supposed to be doing the Disney live-action Pinocchio. Pinocchio? He's now not doing the Disney live-action Pinocchio. Is he not? No. Uh, Again, that's a shame. I feel uh, like that could have been a pretty good uh, meeting. His films have the right level of wonder, I think, that would have made Pinocchio work. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's strange. Had I not seen Pan, I would say someone like Joe Wright. Joe Wright would be amazing to do Pinocchio. That would be great. But you've seen Pan. I've seen Pan. That's true. I, I know all about... Can I just apologise again? What, what was that kid's name? Levi Miller. No, the... <gasps> Mibsy. Nibsy? Mibsy? <laughs> Nibsy. Nibsy. <laughs> Can I just apologise again, by the way, for when I sent you to that screening? Because I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, you yeah, did. That was I, you. I, yeah, the, the PR people got in touch with me, and I, I was away at screenings, and I sent you and Cassie, yeah. and I'm so well, sorry. Well, that was us two hours I never going to get back. If it helps, Calvin went to the actual press junket for it. Oh, that's, that's so he got it even worse. So you know. <laughs> um, it doesn't really say anything else about what he's going to be doing. Um, there's a rumor, though, isn't it, that uh, his time in James and Giant Peach, wasn't he? He mm-hmm. is, but there's a rumor floating around that his departure in Pinocchio and the timing of Bond uh, really line up. I don't want that. I don't. I don't want that. I'm not interested in seeing a third one. I'm not. I don't want another Spectre. Skyfall, great. Yeah, yeah, do Skyfall again, sure. Oh, yeah. man, that was amazing. But I, I don't think you're going to get that if you just have Sam Mendes back. It's not going to happen, is it? I think you've got three other filmmakers on that list that would be incredible. Yeah. Well, Denis Villeneuve's ruled himself out now. Yeah, he, he said he has taken meetings about it. Mm. Dune is definitely next. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he takes it on in the future. Yeah, well, he said, I would happily do Bond one day, but I don't think it's going to happen right now because I really want to do Dune. Yeah. And I think he's earned it after Blade Runner. Do you know what? Have him reboot it when Daniel Craig wants to leave after this one. He'd be a terrific reboot guy, wouldn't he? Yeah, I would not be surprised if that was the conversation. He could do for Bond what Nolan did for Batman. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he could absolutely pull that off. If anyone could pull that off, I would abs- have absolute faith in Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. So. As do I. So shall I do uh, the first podcast review this week? Oh, yeah, we've got to review films as well. We've got, I, we've got I to forgot what we did that. Yeah. yeah, we don't just, you know, chat. I've, I've, I've been off for a week, haven't I? You, so. Yeah, well, you know you're out of practice. It's fine. It's fine. It's been an age. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's talk then, uh, first and foremost, about Kenny, uh, which is not a South Park biopic, as much as I wanted it to be. Shame. It is not. It is a documentary, in fact, about uh, the life and career of Kenny Dalglish. Uh, the football player turned manager of Liverpool FC. Um, if I get any football facts wrong, by the way, can I just point out in advance, like a little disclaimer, I am not a football guy. I am an NFL guy. I'm an ice hockey guy. I thought you were going to ask me to correct them because you are barking at the wrong tree. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm not a football guy. I was once part time. I had it beaten out of me by five male flatmates and 52 straight hours of Sky Sports News Pro Evo and... I forget what else that sounds like. Quite the three-day weekend. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Um, but no, so Kenny Dalglish, this is his story. Um, it is all about the life and times he enjoyed in service to Liverpool FC. We have a clip. Straight away you could tell this fellow is something special. Dalglish, yes! He's a king. The first impression, no, I didn't like any. 
You just took the mick out of me. We had loads of ammunition, didn't we? <laughs> there was a lot going on that no one knew about, and he wouldn't tell anyone. The news is very bad from Brussels. You've no idea that people have been killed? No. He never dealt with absorbing any of that. They asked if I'd like to become manager. Kenny, if you don't know him, can be a very awkward guy. I mean, he's a very private person. He's only got time for his family and people that he really knows. Yes, private people who don't really like talking about themselves obviously make the perfect documentary subjects, as you can as you can imagine. Um, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't bored by it, but I did sit through the entire because this is about eighty six minutes long. I came away from it thinking I've not learned an awful lot that I didn't know about the guy in passing anyway, and it, the, the problematic thing here is because uh, because the fact is Liverpool FC obviously. Hillsborough has to come into this at a point, mm. and you do feel like the film is basically counting down to Until the point to that. that that happens. And the problem is that once you get to Hillsborough, you kind of want that to be the film. You want the Hillsborough documentary, and that's not this documentary. That's another one. I think it's eighty nine. I think it is. Um, and you come away from it all thinking actually he's not that interesting a subject in of himself. Mm. He's really not. And yes, it's you know it's a, it's a nice story and everything to you know being told about the efforts he made. You know uh, supporting the victims of Hillsborough, attending. I think he attended. He attended something like seventy something funerals, okay. and he went above and beyond and the things that he the club did under his tenure to support. Yes, that is an interesting story. Sure. The problem is the film isn't that story. The film is the story of Kenny. And frankly, there's not enough story there to tell. They actually really gloss over the part of him being a player first. Mm. I mean, I'm, it's pretty much just a cursory mention at the beginning. So yeah, he was a player. And then one day, they offered me manager. And I took it. And I was like, yes please. It's that level of storytelling. This, And then they offered me manager. And I said, yeah. And then I was manager. And I went in on the first day. And I had the office down the hall. And I did some manager stuff. And it, it's that level of, of documentary storytelling. And it's it's a far cry from something like Senna, for instance, which is, you know, I think we all know in this last decade is the definitive sports documentary. This just feels like a sort of made for between the adverts on Sky Sports News. Right. Kind of, you know, they, they put this on between matches to fill the airwaves. Yeah. It feels like one of those. If you are, you know, a fanatical Liverpool supporter, then I'm sure you're going to love it. But outside of that, it's never going to happen. I'm not interested. You're not going to get anything out of this. But, I but then again, it sounds like it is. Um, yeah, it's it's quite light on the things I would be interested in <laughs> for that kind of thing. Showing you a documentary about K Dog Leash is probably about as effective as you know the storied history of the creation of coat hangers for you. But oh yeah, I'd watch that. I'd you'd be watch, all over. You'd that. watch the Ken Burns version of that, wouldn't you? I've seen so many episodes of uh, of how it's made. <laughs> 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 I tell you, I tell you how a slinky is made right now. <laughs> Good polos. I'm your man. We need <laughs> rock star lives, don't we? We do. It's uh, it's great. No, I I think for me, if that documentary was about him, like just him and how he reacted to Hillsborough, that yeah, that's an interesting story in love itself. This presents itself as a biopic, drops that in as a little bit sort of the third act kind of yeah. thing. And really, yeah, I'm with you on that. That would have been an infinitely more interesting documentary. And, you know, I, I suppose the inherent difficulty of doing that is that requires kind of a lot more work than, you know, just talk to his friends and family and get them to say nice things about him. Yeah, but that uh, would make sense. Also, doesn't help that he's, you know, he's a regularly straight-laced kind of a guy. He didn't really have any uh, altercations, violent stuff in his past or anything like that. So the story is kind of just, so there was this nice guy. 
and he he was a nice guy, and he kept being a nice guy, and he's still a nice guy now. <laughs> you could now probably be a nice guy. Yeah, he's off being nice. He's a nice guy. Could call it Mister Nice Guy without the Jackie Chan connotations. So. Um, Jackie Chan did Mister Nice Guy, didn't he? Was that Jackie? <laughs> Yeah, and there, and there was a film called Mr. Nice as well, which is uh, uh, the Howard Marks. Yeah, the Howard Marks Howard Marks, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Okay. Over to you, anyway, now, sir. Cool. Uh, so, uh, obviously, I was not here last week, but you've told me that you have spoken about um, Christopher Plummer replacing Kevin Spacey. Yes, in we have. All the money in the world. We know now that that film is going, to, well, the reshoots are going to cost all the money in the world. <laughs> Apparently, yes. Yeah. yeah, I heard this. Yeah. It's, it's going to cost $2.5 million. Well, okay. For those reshoots. It's um, it's two weeks worth of reshoots. Hmm. Uh, they're not doing, oh, they're doing very minimal, like, green screen work. It's going to be all sets. Well, they, this is the thing, they kind of have to because they're holding the release date. And yeah. the release date's like mid-December, isn't it? It's very admirable what they're doing because yeah. apparently, like, there's really great work that's in there. Mm. Just, you know, it's being hampered by one person. Just going to play devil's advocate for a second and point out that actually, in the trailer... <laughs> oh, <right>, Pacino. <laughs> God likes to watch. He's an absentee landlord. <laughs> I want to watch that film. Look, so, but, but don't touch. Touch, but don't taste. Uh, taste, but don't enjoy. <laughs> I took my own from his Kevin. <laughs> that's the only bit I really remember about Charlie's Ferran in that film. I don't lose. I win. I'm a lawyer. That's my job. That's what I do. I love the Devil's Advocate so it's much. It's great. It's such a good movie, isn't it? Well, no. Uh, <laughs> like, it's oh, not. No, no. It, it is terrible, but it's so much fun at being... <laughs> it's so much fun at being terrible. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I had a point. I can't we had a point. That was it. You no, were going to um, play Devil's Advocate, Barry. I was going to play Devil's Advocate this. and just point out that, you know, ordinarily I, I do like to present both sides of an argument on this one, but uh, in, in this case, I actually think it's 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 a good thing. Even if he hadn't had the, uh, the scandal that he has... You should have replaced Kevin Spacey anyway because the makeup effects on him in that trailer are awful. And I watched that trailer and I thought, that is going to take me out of that film. I can tell you now, every time he appears in that film, I'm immediately going to think, look, there's Kevin Spacey Mm. in some silly makeup. And they make such a point of it in that trailer as well. Yeah. Because because of the big reveal, isn't there, in the trailer? And then he walks back towards the camera at Mm. right the end of the trailer. Whereas Christopher Plummer... Kind of looks... He's age-appropriate. Yeah. And not just that... Not just that, Van. The kid playing his grandson is his grandson. No, no, they're not related. Are they not related? They're not related. No, no, this is a thing. You are kidding me. No, they had to point this out. It's just a coincidence their name plot. I thought they were related. No, they're not. Well, I feel like a word I can't say. Well, you can. This is podcast extras. You can can say it. It's fine. (laughs) Are you ready? Because I'm going to swear. Go for it. Go for it. I feel like a dick. That's fine. That's fine. (laughs) But anyway, oh, peek behind the curtain there. <laughs> this is how it's made. This yeah. is how it's um, made. Do you know there's, there's an FX uh, miniseries called Trust, which is about the same thing? Yeah, I did hear about that. that, yeah. is that, that that's recent, isn't it? It's not come out yet, maybe? It's coming out, I think it's like January or something like that. I knew it's sort of, it's timed around the same kind of time as this film, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's crackers. Uh, Danny Boyle is the runner. That's the one, yeah. There. And uh, Donald Sutherland is playing... John Paul Getty. Oh, wow, they're really getting in the uh, the character actors for this one. Huh? Yeah, do it, why not? Yeah. So, uh, can I review the last podcast edition review? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Guess so. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to warn you straight off the bat, this movie is terrible. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> let me just uh, pull up my uh, my handy reference guide here on IMDb. And So, we're going to talk about Manifesto, which stars Kate Blanchett, uh, and Kate Blanchett, and Kate Blanchett, and Kate Blanchett, and Kate Blanchett, and Kate Blanchett. Cat Blanche. Mm-hmm. 
They have literally got carte blanche on Kate Blanchett. Um, Kate Blanchett is officially credited as playing various. Because what this film actually is, is an art installation. This was an art installation, um, and they've now made a feature film spin-off of it. It is screening this coming Wednesday from the the NT, live from the NT, uh, with a Q&A. And then it's actually being released wide ten days later. So in one sense we're reviewing okay. it early, in another sense we're actually timed just right. The idea is, it is about manifestos. Kate Blanchett plays a series of different characters, and all she does is basically give you know uh, orate manifestos to the audience straight to camera or to or to characters within a scene it varies um i'll tell you what i'm just gonna give you a clip and see if you you'll be able to tell from this clip instantly whether or not you're going to enjoy this film purely from the tone here you go reason does not create in creating shapes it is subordinate to the subconscious the subconscious that magnificent well of images perceived by the mind harbors the notion that makes up man's nature. The subconscious shapes, composes, and transforms the individual. What the hell is this? For crying out loud, somebody throw a pie! Full disclosure, the, the Peter Griffin thing we added. We added that afterwards. Uh, that was just what I was thinking all the way through that. Um, it is... Wow, it, I'm not. I can't sugarcoat it. I'm sorry. I don't pretend to be an arts an arts critic. I'm a film guy. Um, no, I'm sorry. This is awful. It it really is. It uh, <laughs> it never seemed to end either. I mean, it's only 95 minutes long. They are the longest 95 minutes this side of the uh, Mila Jovovich vampire movie Ultraviolet. It is truly. I need to watch that soon. Oh, oh, is it on? How's it, how did this get yes, made? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even do it. I'm sorry, I couldn't. I tried. I considered it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I made a promise to myself that in Synecdoche, in New York, I will never watch again. And oh, we've been over this. We've been before. over. That. We don't need to cover no. more. Most of time. <laughs> I will. Wa- I will watch House of the Dead two before I ever watch Ultraviolet again. Wow, that bad. Yeah. Really. I will watch... You don't even just find the fun in it. No, I will watch Christian Slater and Tara Reid in in the movie adaptation of Alone in the Dark before I ever watch Ultraviolet again. That's words. Although that that movie did have a really really sort of uh, goofy, fun sex scene uh, set to the tune of uh, Seven Seconds by Nina Cherry and Yasuda Noor. Yasuda Noor, yes. I know. What's his name? Um, Love that guy's voice. Anyway, um, so this is just... The only thing, I can, the only audience I can possibly think of are people who have been to the exhibition anyway. In which case, you genuinely have to ask exactly why in the hell a movie, a movie spin-off of that, would be of any value. Since apparently this is all material that's in the art show anyway, it seems to have no function of existence, no real purpose for being, other than well, at least now there's permanent documentation of it. It's just. There's a lot of people that apparently have a different have a, have have difficulty telling the difference between Kate Blanchett and Tilda Swinton. Why? I I don't quite I don't get it myself. Um, to those people, I would offer up this film. That's actually a use I can find for. I would offer up this film because actually, I think Tilda Swinton is just bonkers enough that she might have been able to pull it off. Mm. Kate Blanchett is so she's trying, bless her. But the problem is, the film isn't any good. The material isn't any good. It is basically being talked at for ninety five minutes, exactly how I'm doing to you right now, incidentally. And uh, it's just it's so unenjoyable. Like I imagine. Imagine you find this right now. I'm in my happy place right now. I know. Are you doing? Are you doing the Haldabaugh <laughs> Carter in the Penguin Cave? I am. <laughs> um, slide. 
Um, it's just... God, I've seen that for a while. That was a really obscure reference, actually, yeah. wasn't it? I got it. I picked up on it. I love that you picked these references up. I, I <laughs> Somebody's came, got to. I just came away from it thinking, I feel like my life has gained nothing from that and has lost 95 minutes. So I'm operating at a loss more than anything else. I have gained nothing other than the knowledge that this exists. Mm. I, I, I just... I was just dulled by it. I actually felt like I, I felt like I was being battered into sort of some sort of coma-based submission. By I mean, say writer director Julian uh, Rosefeld, I believe. And uh, no, no, I'm sorry, Julian. Please make an actual film. Don't don't just hire an actress and have a talk at the camera in other people's words that have no real intrinsic value outside of anyone's mind except yours. I'm sorry, no. This is a waste of time. I'd rather take a power drill to my temple than ever remember that this exists, let alone see it again. In fact, do you know what? I, I'll watch Ultraviolet again before this. should do it. Let's meet up. I want to watch it. I want to watch it again. I'm not offering to watch Ultraviolet. No, no, no. I never want we to We never watch films. Sick of anymore. We, need, <laughs> hey, we used to do that. Hey, we, we, you, we double build Piranha and Piranha. We build a world. We did, yeah. Piranha 3D and Piranha 3 double D recently. Ago, we did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, about six weeks ago, wasn't it? Something like that, so, yeah. We, we, yeah. I remember we were in hysterics at the scene where Jerry O'Connell gets his genitals bitten off. <laughs> And, uh, it's a great scene. It's, it's a great, it's a great scene. scene. <laughs> and, and the discovery that Paul Shear from How Did This Get Made is in that movie. And we had somehow yeah. forgotten that. And then he turns up in the sequel as well. Yes, he does. Which is so random. Yeah. Uh, I'd forgotten that Adam Scott was in the first... Like, is, is an actual I character know. in the first one. Oh, by the way, are you watching Ghosted yet? Oh, no, I've not started. No. no not so started. good. Is it? Yeah, it, it, a little, things about it, little ropey at first... Oh, but it, it gets has it. it has found its way as a sort of a Ghostbustersy Men in Blacky kind of a a series. It works. I will have to give it a go then because I I also like them both very much. Oh, I mean Adam Scott is the the steals the show every time. Uh, I'm not going to deny that I'm not in, completely in love with Amber Stevens, but I have been since uh, what was it called Greek years ago. Oh yeah, short lived. I don't know, four seasons in. Never really got a thing in the UK. Was that Greek. the college? Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Summer, uh, Summer from uh, Rick and Morty, the chicken provider her voice is one of the stars of it um, yeah yeah I forgot what is Summer's surname in Rick and Morty Morty Jerry this is good radio Beth I can't remember the family's surname in in Rick and Morty I, I can't I know Rick is Rick Sanchez I I have no idea what on earth Morty's surname is what's, what's the dad called again Jerry no not a clue not a clue <laughs> I feel like you've just said something and my brain is powering down. All right, so it's Jerry's like, married to Beth. Yeah. Their kids are Summer and, and Morty. I don't know their surname. That is going to bug the hell out of me. Okay. Um, oh, can I chuck a bit of film news in while you look that up? You can, whilst I'm doing this. Okay, while well, you look that up, I'm going to chuck a bit of film news in because we didn't get to cover this last week. You're going you're gonna to kick yourself and then I'm going to oh. kick myself and then I'm going to kick you and then you can try to kick you're me. You're going to kick gonna... Okay, what is it? Yeah, Smith. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Like <laughs> we forgot Smith. We, we, you and I, forgot Smith. It's not a common name. No, no in our no, defence, no. of the Connecticut Smiths, um, <laughs> yes. of, the, of the Will Smiths, of the, of the Will Smiths. Yeah, well, that's the Philadelphia Smith. That's the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Smith. Smith. Yeah. Born and Com- raised, completely yeah, yeah. born and raised. Um, <laughs> so um, it came out last week, and we, uh, Colson and I didn't get to talk about this. Um, oh, no. what? What now? Who's who's doing what? Guy Ritchie. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, he's... 
Are you being genuine? Or you, that's just the first name you thought of? Guy Ritchie has diddled a tiger. And uh, <laughs> by that, I mean Guy Ritchie has removed the tiger from the live-action adaptation of Aladdin. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, don't mean, I don't mean he has sexually interfered. Yeah, let's calm tiger. down, lawyers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this live-action adaptation of Aladdin that's going forth now, that's in production now, won't feature, you know, uh, Raja. Yes, the loyal, Jasmine's tiger. Jasmine's loyal tiger companion. Gone from the film, and apparently gone because nobody had noticed at any point that in the original animated version of Aladdin, Jasmine is the only female character. Oh, right, so is this why the lady from SNL, whose name escapes me, is it? Yes. Seem- she is, a, yeah. What's I'm, her name? I don't remember her name. Padrad? I think some, so. I'm not sure how you probably pronounce her name. She's going to play a handmaiden, her best friend. Because it adds an extra female character. So that character has been inserted. And she's going to be called Rajet. Rajet, I'm sure. Yeah, totally yeah. Rajet. She doesn't have a name, I forget. But uh, the only thing is, this raises a serious question. Be- because at no point in any of the de- anywhere in the development of this film has the, has the fate or the status of either Iago or Abu been mentioned. Yeah. You so, cannot have Aladdin. Without Abu? Without Abu. I know. You cannot have Jafar. Without, without Iago. Iago. I know. Like... <sighs> I feel like don't Gilbert- make me worried about this because yeah. I was I was on board. I feel like Gilbert Gottfried needs to be back as Iago, <laughs> yeah. like the role he was born to play. It really is, yeah. Or <laughs> it's or, a part I was born to play, baby. <laughs> or let's just go and get Tim Curry and have done with it. Tim Curry, voice of Iago. Interesting, right? Yeah, because Jafar was so clearly based on Tim Curry anyway. Me. I do find that weird that he was not approached about, or maybe he was. And, uh, well, that's the thing. It, he was did a no name. Did, did he have a voice? A Disney character, Tim Curry. Tim, I don't. Think is this so. an obvious like Smith? Are we just blanking on something? Well, the thing is, around the same time as that, he because obviously did, he's in Ferngully. Yeah, that was it. He, yeah. He's uh, oh my god, what's the villain oh, in Ferngully? The the oil smoke, uh, yeah. smoke, uh, toxic love. Yeah, another one. Toxic love. Uh, I used to have a real what? crush on the fairy chick. Yeah, as did I. Actually. Yeah, you are not yeah. alone. Well, it's Samantha Mavis, and Samantha Mavis has always been so hot in reality. You said Mavis. Mavis, yeah. What is uh, her uh, Mathis? Mathis. Oh, I've, I've said Mathis. I've always heard it as Mathis. But it's, it's one of those, like, I've never known, like, which one it is. Mm. But, uh, good animated movie, that. And it did have... Uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, and it did have Robin Williams as... As, uh, as Batty. As Batty. Yeah, my name is Batty. My Logic is erratic. Cirati. Yeah, that's it. Oh, God, I love that movie. My sister had it on all the time when she was a kid. Yeah, I would but, watch it uh, a lot as well. Which didn't help with my, my crush on... I don't even remember the fairy's name. But uh, I feel like we've gone into one of our uh, <laughs> famous tangents. Okay. Do, do you want to get over to Nick? I mean, I've got more news, but we can go to Nick. Oh, well, we, 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 you know, okay, that's fine. Fa- fa- give me some more news, then. I don't mind. <laughs> go on, what we got? Uh, Batfleck is looking for a graceful segue out of the DCEU. Apparently. Is he? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got a way you can do it. Right. <laughs> you just have it that Batman has covered up for a friend's attempted rapes and and, and then has to be sort of swept aside by the rest All of the right, Justice topical. League. And, and that friend is Harvey Weinstein. Uh, well, no, that, that friend is just... <laughs> like Commissioner Gordon. That's what you get now. We have it so that, like, Commissioner Gordon is accused of sexual misconduct. Batman's been covering up for him all these years. Oh, He's not never Joe said Simmons. Anything. And uh, what's the thing? J.K. Simmons can let, let himself go at this point, put on some weight and just act like a knob to people. And, yeah, he doesn't uh, have to be in the gym. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's totally what it is. And then Affleck just sort of steps aside and gives it over to a new Batman because he needs to take time away and seek counselling and, and, you know, uh, fix himself. Yeah. 
totally he's, he's seeking treatments. Yeah. And uh, what, what was the other one? He seeks treatment. That's totally Re- Reflection. Reflection. That's always yeah. the one, yeah. If, evaluation. <laughs> that was that was the one from last week, wasn't it? Oh, he's seeking treatments and evaluation. Uh, should we talk about the Lord of the Rings TV series? Yeah. yeah actually, because I don't yeah. know the full story, and you do, so... I mean, I've, I've heard about it, but I'm only just now really reading into it. So. All I knew was Amazon were pursuing a Lord of the Rings TV series. That's all I knew. Yeah. Well, now that is true, and now it's gone to a full series order. Okay. Is it one series as a full series, or are they, they, where they commissioned multiple series at once? And... I imagine it's going to be multiple series. The amount of money you'd have to spend on it. Be like, if, if you're going to do it, do yeah. it big. It would be yeah. like commissioning a single season of Game of Thrones. You're going to put mm. that much money into something, you kind of want it for the long haul. Uh, do yeah. we know what it's about? Is it just going to be the same story again, but again, adapted, yeah. adapted for longer form? I don't know, because there's obviously there's other areas that have not been looked at all. I don't know. I figure like The Hobbit kind of, the Hobbit trilogy kind of covered pretty much everything there was, to, every the, the, stone the there was of, to overturn. Uh, uh, the Sil, Silmarillion? Cimmerillion. Cimmerillion? Yeah, because I, I know it's, it's S-I-L, yeah. but I don't know if, yeah. Cimmerillion? Cimmerillion. Yeah. Sam I am? Will I am? Will I am? I don't know. William. William. Willem. William. Willem. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Florida Project. Not seen it yet. Wanted to watch it. Is it with free flowing? That's what this is. <laughs> By the way, it was really Word good. Association. Yeah, I know. I'm really looking forward to it. It was really good. Um, I, can't, I can't wait. I was I was blown away by it. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful about Blood of the Ring show. I think it'll be good. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll reserve judgment. I think bec- the reason I'll reserve judgment is solely because... I didn't particularly enjoy the Hobbit movies. I thought the second one was pretty good, actually. But uh, I'm in agreement. I think. Did you know? I, th- I think you speak to most people. We'll say that as well. Yeah, and also I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy has been, and it might be controversial, might be controversial, has been so overplayed by ITV2 at this point that <laughs> <laughs> it's not done Love Actually anyhow. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but the difference with Love Actually is you only need to show that for like a month a year. So yeah, the rest of the time is Skyfall, Hot Fuzz, Skyfall, yeah, Hot Fuzz, Skyfall, Hot Fuzz, yeah. Lord of the Rings, and over two weeks a year. Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values that oh no it's never Adam's Family the first one it's just Adam's it's Family just Values it's Adam's yeah. Family Values it's like the yeah. reverse of what they're available on DVD do you remember when Tim Curry was in the is it Adam's Family Vacation is that the third one yeah and yeah. it's like straight to TV and, and it is terrible Daryl Hannah played Daryl Hannah Tisha. is Tish yeah that was that was bad why I don't know why they do these things it's like they want to hurt us yeah have you ever seen Tim Curry in The Worst Witch no I have not I've got to show you something after. I've seen Tim Curry in Criminal Minds, though. And he's terrifying about it. He genuinely is. Yeah. I'm always amazed Tim Curry never got to play the Joker in any form. <sighs> Even, like, voice acting. Yeah, incredible. so good. Yeah. Like, when they did The Dark Knight Returns as an animated movie, mm. I think it was a bit bit easy to go and get Mark Hamill and, and Kevin Conroy to do it. Surely Tim Curry's yeah, the Joker. Classics, yeah, classics, aren't the classics? Yeah. But, alas, yeah. we must uh, we must wrap up our podcast yes. for the week. So I'm going to hand it over to you, because I know you like doing the, doing, doing the ending. Here it is, your moment of cage. My name's Roger, sir. May I be of some help? That's funny. My name's Roger. Two Rogers don't make a right. <laughs> Roger, I have a problem. Yes. I've been in L.A. for three months now. I have money, I have taste. But I'm not on anybody's A-list, and Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week for me. Well, a Ferrari would certainly change that. Perhaps. Hmm. But, you know, this is the one. Yes, yes, yes. I saw three of these... Parked outside the local Starbucks this morning, which tells me only one thing. There's too many self-indulgent wieners in this city with too much bloody money. Now, if I was driving a 1967 275 GTB4 cam... You would not be a self-indulgent wiener, sir. 
going to be a connoisseur. Precisely. Champagne would fall from the heavens, doors would open, velvet ropes would par. 